up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old explosive humor, man. Good old explosive humor, man. Yeah. It's been an explosive week for you. Uh, I mean, literally, yeah, explosive. One part of Singapore, one part of Singapore. Yeah, just one part of Singapore, yeah. I mean, explosive mm. in that sense, yes, but explosive news-wise, uh, maybe, maybe yeah, not so much. Yeah. Not so much for us. La. But maybe for more for like, NTU students, it's been quite mm. explosive. Mm. Uh, and maybe like, yeah, that's about it. If like, you like crap. If you like crap. Yeah, Alaskan crap. Yeah, seafood lovers as well. Seafood lovers, yeah. But other than that, yeah, generally, life goes on, man. I think because the Asian Games also is slowly heating up, Oh, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know right. what the the medal tally is. I think we got a bronze in Wushu. Ah, okay. Uh, so like uh, I know there's this weekly recap, week weekday recap every night mm. that I've been wanting to watch, but I haven't watched uh yet. Yeah, yeah, and obviously Shanti Pereira also. Yeah, uh, man. Running soon, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. so let me see. Like right now, Singapore has. Mm. Eh, updated today. Singapore got no medals. Huh? Not yet, lah. Not yet. Oh, maybe yeah. that's just a top ten list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that's where I, we're at. Mm. It's almost the end of September. Mm. Uh, yeah. So. Well, when is Shanti Pereira's uh, race? Do you know? I think the first one is 29th. 29th. Oh, okay, okay. I Got think. It. Oh, so Singapore has two silvers and three bronzes already. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah, man. Yeah, but don't don't quote me on the 29th for Shanti Pereira. Okay. I need, I need to double check that. Oh wow, it was just her birthday a week ago. How oh. you know? Uh, just seeing it just came out my Wikipedia search. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, happy birthday. Uh, Shanti. Belatedly. <laughs> happy belated and all birthday. All the best for Asian games. Shanti Pereira. Mm. But yeah. yes, before we jump into the topic, yes, the yes. Week, like, what's the one thing that we want to plug? Uh, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about this uh, audience survey mm. that that we would like to do, and we need your help with. And I mean, okay, the reason why we wanted to do this survey is because we do want to work with more brands and partners. But we also want to make sure that the brands and partners we bring on board are actually things that our listeners like. Mm, uh, right. And in the podcast space, it's hard to know the demographic uh, of you, uh, our listeners, aside from like gender and age. So the survey just has a bunch of questions. It'll take you like two minutes max. The link is in the show notes. Uh, and if you fill it up, give us details, your privacy, you don't need to tell us like, like uh, all your intimate details. Mm. Your identity will never be shared. But it will really help us get more brands and partners on board. And why is that important, Darren? Why do we, why do we need uh, to, to find, to work with more brands and partners? Uh, I think it's because, yeah, it's the general uh, survival of the podcast, mm. to put it in any, any other terms as well. Because mm. I think, yeah, ultimately we, we are running it like, uh, this is our bread and butter as well. Mm. Right? So yeah, working with people also op- opens up the, the pool of people who listen to the podcast as well. So yeah. that helps us a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and to basically grow the podcast. La. I mean, this podcast started once a week, but thankfully to the people who listen, it became twice and then now three times a week for the most part. Mm, mm. Uh, so yeah, the link is in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, it'll take you like two minutes. If you fill it up, uh, we will email you a 20% promo code for Folklory, which yeah. is uh, our other service. And 
Uh, there will be 10 winners who will also get a personalized TikTok dance from Terrence and I in uh, in your email. Yeah, I bet I bet people are dying to Dying, yeah. That, waking yeah, up every why. day like, fuck, am I going to get the TikTok <laughs> dance? And and I mean, right now we have 260 responses. Mm. I mean, even a YouGov survey can get like a thousand people. Yeah. I really hope we can hit like 500. And we did say on a previous podcast that, yeah, 500 responses, there'll be a public TikTok dance. Ah, wow. Which means we will post it online like, as yeah, opposed to yeah. just a private DM. Like. Correct, correct. What's a, what did, what did, what does it mean by private TikTok dance? <laughs> like if you're not if it's private, Only then events, it, uh. it can't be on TikTok. No private TikTok. Yeah, so a TikTok dance I think is like a thing, right? You know, as a music, you try and follow these steps and all. And and vertical vertical video, video. Yes, has to be and right. maybe like thirty seconds long, uh, and it arrives in your inbox. Like whereas public is posted on our social platforms. Ah, uh, got it. Yeah, got so it. if so you want to see Terrence and I make a fool of ourselves publicly, help us hit five hundred responses at least. Right. So it's like it's like the difference between a private like lap dance versus public like, lap dance, like at the at the pool and everything, lah. I guess so, lah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and and this survey will be only open till this Friday, two, three, five, nine hours, twenty eleven fifty nine pm. Mm. So yeah, so link is in the show notes, guys. Yeah. All right. Yeah, cool. Yes. Okay. Shall we jump right into that first explosive sure. topic? Uh, sure, sure, sure. It is uh, such an explosive thing. Yeah. Uh, but where? What is this thing that's been rocking? The foundation of Singapore. It was the fact that uh, a World War relic that mm. was discovered um, on 20th September, I believe, was uh, detonated. It was discovered at the site of an upper Bukit Timah condominium uh, construction. Mm. And it was disposed of on 26th September with two control detonations. Yeah. yeah. Right. But the, the more interesting thing is that people in a 200-meter radius were mm. evacuated. I think like 4,000-plus people got evacuated. Mm, mm. Uh, and I mean, I was surprised that it went to that extent. La. Yeah. Yeah. Why were you surprised though? Like, I mean, it's a it's a bomb, man. It's a huge bomb. Yeah, but it's almost like to know that thousands of people were evacuated makes mm. it feel a bit more real. La. Yeah. And there were, I think the due to the explosion, there yeah. were certain uh, damages that came up at the nearby condominium, right? Yeah, the, the Hazel Park, Hazel Park condominium. Yeah. Yeah, some glass windows were shattered and, and stuff like that. Like yeah, that. yeah, correct, correct. So, uh, it's it's not small. Huh? It's a big bomb. Man. Yeah. yeah. I, I first caught wind of it on Monday when I saw on Reddit someone posted a letter that they got in the mail mm. uh, informing them that, okay, there's a there's a World War relic that yeah. is going to be detonated. There's going to be a detonation exercise Yeah, and you will need to evacuate from like, I think 9 p.m., 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. or the whole day. Yeah, like, the whole day. But so, it's quite interesting because like... Um, yeah, they not only evacuated people, they stopped bus services mm. going through. Mm. Uh, even the MRT in the area was stopped for a while. Yeah, uh, the, I think Greenridge Secondary was uh, they they did um, home based learning yeah, for that yeah. day. Uh, so yeah, big a Shell petrol station emptied the yeah. underground tanks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, big operation, man. Like it, it sounds like. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really have a context of how huge an explosion it would be if it just went off without any cover. Mm. But it sounds like they were preparing for like, you know, the possibility that it could really shake the foundations around. Yeah. yeah and, and I mean, the context is that um, I'm sure like it's all over the news. Mm. If you've just been catching like the high, high level stuff, we're going to dive deep, man. Yeah. Oh, um, deep, yeah. yeah as deep, deep as we can go. <laughs> as deep as we can go. Basically, it's a World War II r- war relic. Mm. It's an air bomb. Mm. Um, I think they did confirm that it was probably dropped by the Japanese. Yep. Uh, it's about a hundred kg 
uh, bomb mm. uh, with 47 kilograms of explosive material. Mm. And they basically said that the explosive material is more powerful than TNT. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it was, I mean, okay, so they call it a World War relic also. Mm. I guess because uh, if they're telling you, yo, a bomb got discovered in your house, it's a yeah. bit more worrying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, World War relic. So, when you, when you first saw it, what, what was your emotions that were going through your head? No, I'm always very curious, like, what was discovering the bomb like? Uh? Mm. Like, if you were there working on site, and then how did you, like, come to this bomb and, and, like, was it, like, everyone freaks out and runs away? Yeah. Uh, or is it, well, who is it? I, I'm guessing they use an excavator or something to dig, dig, to dig the, the ground then. Mm. And then they hit into some metal. Yeah, it's like <laughs> freaking scary, right? Like because it looks like a bomb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After that, do you get people to go and dig it up slowly, or, or do you just like clear the area? Because it's pretty scary to think about. What if it went off like suddenly because the excavator knocked it or something? Yeah, because yeah. they also did say that the reason why it was detonated on site was mm. because they were worried that movement might yeah. trigger the detonation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which means if that worry was there, exactly when they're digging and excavating, right? Yeah. What, the, the tractors are like, katong. Yeah. Like, wait, 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 guys. <laughs> guys. Don't move. Yeah, don't move. <laughs> don't fucking move. Yeah. There might be something there. And then, yeah, so because they dug a, a, a pit, mm. uh, at first I thought they just built something around the bomb. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, they yeah. dug a new yeah. pit. They had concrete blocks they had a bunch of NS men who kind of arrowed to uh, go and dig sandbags. Yeah, you know, yeah. Part of the bomb disposal unit. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, like on Reddit, some people would experience it. It's, it's It would be a 10 by 10 by 10 sandbag cube. Mm. So like a thousand sandbags had to be filled up. Um, and then there was there were two detonations. La. So mm. And people had to carry the bomb into the... the oh, is it? So they had to carry it? Yeah, they had to carry oh, it. Oh, man. That's why they didn't build around it. Wow. Pretty scary. So a bunch of dudes had to carry it. Ah, I see, I see. So... There's one thing about finding the bomb. There's one yeah. thing about having to go dispose the bomb. Yeah, but I, I'm guessing the they probably have assessed it that the mechanical trigger and everything is probably not working already, like, right? I don't know. So in spite of the explosives being there, but it can't it can't be triggered unless there's an explosion. Uh. Or movement, like that's why they don't want to move it. Maybe. But you just said that they moved it. Right? I think they move like like carrying like yeah, like, yeah, like if you carry a cake versus you just put a cake in a lorry. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. But two different things, different uh, yeah. yeah. So, so I think uh, that was the concern, la. But the other thing that was, uh, I thought, yeah, like how did they? I, I'm figuring if you have a bomb there, even in a pit, and after they had to move all those concrete blocks around it. Right? Yeah, they never showed it, la, But how did they move those concrete blocks there, la? Were they carried by people? I don't think so, right? No, I think they, they put the blocks first, then they move the bomb in, la. Oh, you mean they they set up their blocks first, then they move the bomb in? Yeah, la. Okay, no, because after that. The laying of the sandbags, if you watch the video, they yeah. had to lay the sandbags on after that. La. But I guess that's... There's a hole at the bottom. Oh, right? so they, they, they yeah. set everything up, then they put the bomb in. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, yeah I'm just correct. afraid that they, they're putting people in the line of fire by oh, having no, no, the no, sandbags. No, no. The first guy to put the sandbag over the bomb is probably I think, the most scared. I think that's why they figured the risk of moving it with a group of individuals by hand is lower than the risk of building around the bomb. Yeah, yeah. Because if suddenly some fucker go and just drop the sandbag, <laughs> it's like, oh shit, the worst time You're digging with, a, digging with a chunko and then you drop, oops! Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> or like using your phone and something oh, sets yeah. off the radio wave or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, it was like, um, and I mean, it was a whole operation. There were design, there was a briefing on Sunday for mm-hmm. the residents nearby. Uh, then the Senja Cashew Community Club was open the whole day. Yeah. Vivian Balakrishna went down. Yeah. Because uh, it's his GRC. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like, uh, it, 
I think it's just for me. I was like blown away that this this bomb was dropped in nineteen forty four ish, and it's still there. And there was a one interview with a bomb diffusion expert who was retired. He said, "Chances are, in the coming years, we're going to find more lah because there are mm. probably still a bunch that are around." Yeah, yeah. And and there have been bombs in the past that have been uh uh detonated lah. Yeah. Uh, in twenty sixteen, there was a hundred kg bomb relic. Uh, disposed of at Mandai. Mm. No evacuations, I guess, because there was not many people. Yeah. Twenty nineteen. Uh, there was a fifty kg World War Two bomb outside uh, the former site of Zouk. Twenty twenty one. There was a relic found in Geylang. Uh, and in twenty twenty, there was a bomb found in a corner terrace unit in Bishan. Mm. But I think this is the biggest evacuation. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest evacuation is in the middle of a whole uh, residential area. Yeah, but uh, the other thing, quite funny, is that uh, yeah, the this it's very uh, reminds me of the COVID the vaccination uh, when they the community center mm. became like the holding ground for everybody, uh, Right, so mm-hmm. all the photos you see are of people with their pets, uh, you know, old people on wheelchairs, all going hiding at the CC. Um, people working from home, and then you you read they also prepared some activities for people who are <laughs> hanging around, including flower making using pipe pipe cleaners, <laughs> yeah. and arts and craft class where they use pipe cleaners to create flowers. So I thought that was quite funny because I don't know why why that was the arts and craft activity like using mm. pipe cleaner to create flowers. I guess mm, they, it was a very last minute thing. They couldn't get yeah. like the flower arrangement or anything because it was discovered only last Wednesday. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then maybe to tell people, oh, you are you're gonna be, you know, you have to do a class for for people in the community who are gonna be very pissed off because they mm. they have to be evacuated from home and all that. Mm. Maybe it's just not the kind of like arts and craft class yeah. that you want to conduct. <laughs> uh. So they probably just arrowed somebody within the CC. Hey, what do you do? You know how to do, do yeah, something? You know, like you know what pipe cleaner? Yeah, yeah, we got we got a lot. We got check a lot. YouTube. I check YouTube. Yeah, I just check YouTube. <laughs> I mean, there was there was a video like, to teach them how to do the pipe cleaner stuff. Was oh, it? There was. Uh, a, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay. I think okay. there was a video. Got it. Wow, interesting. So, so I mean, like even looking at, because I think what what amazes me, and I'm guessing a lot of people when you hear World War Two relic, it's like almost mm. eighty years old, right? Yeah. Um, and just thinking about what the situation must have been around that time, because this was an air bomb. Mm. Uh, it was likely deployed by an aircraft supporting the Imperial Japanese Army on the ground. Mm. Um, like uh, the it, it falls at a speed of like three hundred twenty kilometers after exiting the plane. And it can normally penetrate several meters underground, right? so it can explode mm. either on impact or uh, contain a time fuse that explodes it after a while. Mm. And you think like, wow, you know, Singapore, we grew up in this bubble. Yeah. The, the thought of like bombs going off, which is a real thing in other countries, Mm-mm-mm. right? Uh, it just feels so alien. Yeah. yeah. It feels so alien, so so like unbelievable. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, you look at the video; the explosion is. Uh, wasn't the biggest lah, right? Uh, on video, it didn't feel like yeah. it was bigger because obviously the cameras were far away. But uh, apparently people on the ground were saying that it felt it, like really earth-shattering kind of big. Lah. You can hear it from 2km away. Lah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you in, in army, we, when you've experienced this claymore yeah, mine and everything, it, yeah. you can really, it really hits you like a wave, lah, right? Mm. It's not so much the explosion itself. It's the wave, the shock wave that comes Right before the explosion, yeah. it's very shocking. And I mean, this explosion was also a watered-down explosion because you know how mm. they exploded it. How there were two charges, right? Mm. So, so what I found out is that the explosive material inside can burn off without an explosion. Oh, okay. So the first explosion was this uh, shape charge that they put outside, 
there was an explosion that was big enough to crack the metal outside okay. and ignite the explosive uh, inside to burn, not explode. Uh, I see. So after like an hour, they let as much to burn off on its own and then they detonated a second charge yeah. to explode everything else that was left. Got it. So it's a much more watered down. So it's not the full power of a 100, kilo, 100 kg bomb. Got it, got it. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of the NS days when the the explosive ordnance people would come in. Like, I, I think I was, I was one of those guys that when I threw my grenade during mm. my BMT, it didn't mm. explode. La. So is <laughs> it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to sit there, just wait for the, and wait for them to come in with my PC at that point of time. Oh. And like under the sun and just wait, like, so, so maybe for people who haven't done army before, be yeah. it like you're a female or you're not from Singapore, yeah. what does that entail, Terrence? Uh, yeah, every guy who goes does BMT, I think that you have to throw one live grenade la, mm. as part of a, a practice exercise. La. So mm. it's a very big thing, right? Like you have to line up, you have to draw your grenade and there's a lot of safety precautions and you, you rehearse and after that, you, when you actually do the thing, what you do is you throw, you, you then you hide behind a, a, like a wall kind of thing. You crouch and hide behind a wall and you wait six seconds and the thing's supposed to explode. La. And if it doesn't explode, then there's, I think there's, I remember there was some protocol where you had to basically wait like, I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour. Oh, everybody waits. Everybody right? waits. Then you wait with your PC who's probably pissed off with you like, because it didn't explode. You just sit there and just wait for, for half an hour. Uh. And if it doesn't go off half an hour, then I think they, then they call in the explosive ordnance people to come and just oh, so, like, you're, you're one one. so I was that fucker that, that <laughs> held up everybody's day because my grenade didn't explode. You like. yellow butt back then also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, what, you're, what yellow butt back then? No, everyone is like, okay, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're like, but <laughs> yeah. mine not going to explode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you could tell my slightly uh, rebellious streak yeah. even back then really. Uh. Uh. But yeah, so it's uh, the, the crazy thing is how cool those explosive ordnance guys Guys were about it. Like. They would just yeah, they would just walk in, just look around, look at the thing, and after that set some charges or something like that. Yeah. And then be on their way after that. Like, you know? yeah. yeah. And and that's another another mind blowing thing. Uh. Like you imagine you go to work, you know, like we we come to work, okay, record podcast, you know. Yeah. These people they probably found out last week, okay, there's this hundred kg bomb that needs to be detonated. Mm. Make sure uh you're all free next yeah, Monday yeah, yeah. or Tuesday. We're gonna go down and I don't know, maybe for them, like they know enough to know that okay, this is not the risk is small, so yeah. for them it's like still okay. But to a layperson, uh, yeah, it sounds like wow, you're walking into, and even after the detonation of the first bomb, there were people who go who went to inspect mm. how much explosive is left yeah. over, and then they placed a counter charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah remember, I mean, we've had Paul. Remember the Singaporean who's defusing oh, yeah. bombs in Iraq, IEDs. Oh yeah, we did. Correct, we've had correct. him on a podcast. Yeah, we met him in real life when he came back to, to Singapore. We met him for lunch. Yeah, pretty crazy life, man. That the guy leads. And those bombs are a lot younger than like World War Two, la. Mines. They're yeah, like those mines, mines correct. That you can step on. Scary. Oh yeah, and he said he had lost friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of friends along the way. Yeah, yeah. It's a lifestyle, la, almost that that kind of a job, you know, where you know that your job literally is Ooh. stopping bombs from going off, like, or at least like. Ex- you know, exploding bombs that are stray bombs and things like that. La. Oh. Yeah. I heard, I heard on Reddit that uh, you get like two or three days off la, if you if you are part of the team that or like detonates the bomb. I'm sure. But at least I feel like th- these guys are lucky. Like these NS boys who got to do this experience. Mm. They're quite lucky because uh, how often does this kind of thing happen, you know? Every few years, maybe it happens once. And, mm, lucky, uh, why? It's a memory. It's a memory, uh, you know, to go through, to actually practice, uh, have a live mission on something that you uh, you practice mm. the theory and, and the practical uh, experience of every day. You know, to, to actually have a chance to actually use those skills 
that you learn and see and feel an explosion is a is a real. It's you're very lucky lah if you do mm. the NS. Ninety ninety percent of people who go through NS is your basically your experience is bang 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 bang. This is mm. right? the experience of life. Maybe combat. you give context <laughs> of what that bang 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 thing. Because again, if people haven't again, gone through. Yeah, they're like, yeah. what is this terrorist talking about? Because in military exercises, you can't expect <laughs> people to be firing real bullets all the time. And not even blanks, because sometimes blanks are troublesome and expensive to procure and everything. Yeah. So sometimes you go for missions and they're like, oh, you don't have bullets or anything. You say, okay, never mind, you just, just <laughs> pretend like you shout bang, 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 you know, to like signify that you're shooting. La. Literally. And, and it's one of those things that, oh, okay, okay, it sounds, yeah, it sounds cool. You do. Now you do it, you're like full battle order. You're like, wow, ready to fight. Bang, and then bang, you, bang. you go on the battlefield. Bang, 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 bang. Then someone shouts louder. The enemy cannot hear you. They're not dead. Bang, 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 bang. It's, it's always very lame. La. Yeah. But I don't know whether they still do it. I mean, today, like when you go back for reservists and all. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't been back for, for many years. I mean, I'm uh, done already, but. Oh, yeah, no, But, but uh, I think not, not with such enthusiasm. Because when bang, you're in service, reservists yeah. is jaded, like whatever. Nobody cares that much. The jaded right? bang bangs. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying the BMT, <laughs> like when you're an actual soldier, it's it's kind of nice to be able to experience something that close to, you know, life, uh, life field experience. Uh. Mm, mm, uh, yeah, I see, yeah. I see. I mean, uh, yeah, in, in some way, like being able to, I'm sure going through it, okay, there is a risk, yes. right? There's probably a lot of hard work uh, filling the sandbags. But after that, to look back, it is like in some way touching a bit of the past. Lah. Yeah. Because I just yeah. came across this other tidbit. Like the area was the site of the 1942 Battle of Bukit Timah. Oh, when I the see. Japanese captured the strategically important hill and the British unsuccessfully tried to retake it. Mm-hmm. It coincided with the main advance of the Japanese 5th Division troops. Interesting. Wow, there was the Battle of Bukit Timah. No? Yeah. So yeah, you are you are basically in touch with your ancestors and history. Yeah. This bomb that was meant for them, for your ancestors, you are now in charge of like defusing and getting rid of it. Wow. They're pretty crazy. It's like Whoa. your fingers traveling through space time and and actually yeah, right. having experienced that with your ancestors. Probably it dropped and then you know your ancestors were fighting the battle, like, wow, phew, never drop, never yeah. go off. Yeah. Then like 80 years later. It might be your grandfather yeah, your, who was fighting, you know. Yeah, your grandson is the one. Damn. Uh, and apparently there were 6,000 bombs that were similar to this that were dropped by the Japanese during the three-month Malayan campaign. Yeah. Which included the invasion of Singapore. Mm-mm-mm. Holy shit. Yeah. My God. And, and uh, the other, uh, I guess the other romantic aspect about this, like, nothing romantic about war and all, but I guess what what's interesting is that, you know, um, it really reminds you of the how you know battles used to be fought physically, like, right? Mm. Like, as mm. opposed to today, it's about the economy, and the you know the finding your global your global economy, and, and yeah, all. Singapore supply demand, whatever, and your place in the world, blah blah blah. But this is uh, literally from a physical war that was fought, like, right? That Whoa, people crazy, people yeah. from Japan, which is a country that we all love to travel to <laughs> and eat <laughs> food, right. people from there were trying to kill. Us, uh, right, and using devices like this that cause huge explosions. Uh. Wow. Yeah. 6,000 such bombs, no? Mm. Oh my God. Like, it, yeah, it just makes you, makes you stop and think, man. Yeah. In, in fact, I was like, I was kind of like, oh, too bad. Like, they didn't give a specific timing for when everything would, be, would have been. Because like. I would have loved to, you know, like, take a little time off to go and just, like, uh, feel the explosion or yeah. just like hear it or something because some people gathered at block 163 I think yeah. which was just yeah. outside and someone was uh, was interviewed I think he said he put, put on a live stream for his friends yeah. 
And I mean, you got quite a few of them saying this is a, almost like a once in a lifetime experience. Uh, you know? Yeah, it is. Like that thing was dropped during World War Two when we were invaded. Yeah, exactly. When we were invaded. So it's like, I mean, between, if you are an NS boy, a soldier, would you rather be marching at NDP or being part of this explosive yeah. ordnance disposal? Right? Yeah. You know, I think there's one one of them is, is much rarer than the other, yeah. right? A much more unique experience. I mean, in some way, it is the, actually, not in some way, it is the largest evacuation exercise involving a relic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the only 100 kg bomb, but in terms of evacuation, yeah. it's been the biggest. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. So, yeah, you remember we talked about how the COVID vaccination, whatever you want, you think about the vaccination, vaccines and everything, right? Yeah. The whole operation was just, uh, so surprisingly Singaporean that way, right? Smooth, mm. uneventful. Everyone just complied and did it as well. Uh, in some ways, this this gave me that that feel, like just watching how you know everything was conducted and explosion was done. No big fanfare and everything, but and everyone just complied, now. But but I mean, that's the rosy side. Does mm. does the other side make you think like, oh shit, there are so many probably undiscovered bombs because. I saw, mm-hmm. I found one indication of how powerful 47 kg of explosives is. It's enough to destroy a block of flats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, but does it make you wonder like, oh, shit. Uh, now there's so much construction going on. Mm. There's so many new MRT stations being built. Yeah. Uh, if this is always in the vicinity, <laughs> does it make you go, oh, like, oh, shit. I mean, yeah. But, but that's the reality of, of uh, where we live, like, right? Mm. Uh, and, and yeah, as much as we think 80 years is a fucking long time ago, but at the same time, you know, if you really look in human history, it's really the blink of an eye, right? Mm. So, so if you step back and look at the bigger picture, it's World War II was, was not that long ago either, right? Mm. It's just that Singapore is unique in that we've built over everything very yeah. multiple uh. times very quickly. Uh. Like, I think the difference between Singapore 80 years ago and now, it's much bigger than the difference between a city in Europe or whatever, mm. that has, how much has changed in 80 years, depending on what happened during the war and all. So yeah, I mean, it's 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 quite normal. Because mm. yeah, like if you go to some German cities, for example, mm. like I've been to some smaller German cities and then like when I ask my German friends, oh wow, this town feels so new and modern and everything. And they'd be like, yeah, because everything was raised during the war mm. and they basically had to build from scratch all over again. So there are no like 100-year-old cathedrals or 200-year-old cathedrals anywhere around. Mm. And it feels, it's old, but it feels new, like, you know? Mm, mm, mm. And in Singapore, we are that to the nth degree, right? We just build over everything again and again and again. Yeah. So there might be bombs like underneath anywhere you're living now, you know? Yeah. Any, even old buildings in Singapore that you think there can't be bombs underneath, there might be bombs buried there, you know? And so ironic, right? All the new BTOs have bomb shelters yeah. to protect new bombs. <laughs> when there's one right underneath. <laughs> yeah, because the, the more you talk about it, the more, like, I mean, there's this one sentence also that opened this Straits Times article, uh, was likely dropped during the Battle of Bukitima in February 1942, the final stage of Singapore's fall to the Japanese. Yeah. Because uh, in, in, in contrast to that, there was some Austrian couple that was interviewed and they said for them, yeah, I mean, there's a bomb. It's, it's not not unfamiliar to to us, and it just makes you rem- remember again that we are we live in such a bubble, man. Mm. Uh, like we find one bomb from World War Two, and like there's a huge evacuation exercise. Yeah. Another first world, I mean, like a developed city like a, a Kiev in Ukraine. Right now, there are literally bombs falling there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just I don't know. There's something about it that triggers something deep inside. Like, oh my god, 
Yeah. I think the, the the final stage of Singapore's fall to the Japanese, right? Wow, that one hits, man. Mm, mm, it does. Fall it to does. the Japanese, yeah. Right now, yeah, yeah. like what you said, uh, people are talking about Japan, is like, hey, which part of Japan are you going? Yeah. You know, uh, wow, Japanese, I love Japanese food. I love... Is it safe, is it safe to eat the sushi from Fukushima? You know? yeah. <laughs> I love Japanese food. I tell you what, the Japanese sashimi or yeah. show. No sushi for you. Here's a bomb instead. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Crazy, man. But yeah, it's... Uh, Explosive news this week. Uh. Yeah, man. But yeah. But um, you know, there's also other types of news that are not so explosive, but at the same time also make you really stop and think, uh, right? Mm. Take stock of uh what it means to be Singaporean in like what we mentioned, uh, this global uh global uh, globalized world and everything where Singapore is just one country in, mm. in this huge machine, uh, right? Mm. And what are the results of this survey that we're talking about? Yeah, so, um, I mean, a, a bunch of findings. Mm. Uh, one of which was like, uh, I mean, we can go through in detail. One that was highlighted was slightly less than half of Singaporeans believe that if the country is attacked by uh, anyone, the international mm. community will help. Mm. So less than half actually think that. Mm. So, um, I mean, a, a bunch of other things we will get into, but the context of the survey... Uh, it's uh, it's a part of a study by the global policy advisory firm Kantar Public. Mm. Uh, the study is called uh, called Our Place in the World. Mm. Uh, it's meant to look at evolving global landscape and the uncertainties it poses, uh, and how it affects Singaporeans and how they view themselves. So it seems like um, it was focused on Singapore. And when I looked up Kantar Public. Yeah, it's 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 not a Singapore company. It's uh, it works with like um, governments and establishments around the world. They mm. had previously conducted research for our government, including a study for MCCY on social cohesion. But yep. this survey was done uh, with 760 plus Singaporeans between June and September. Mm. There were more than 90 questions over six sections. Uh, and I tried to look for the report. Again, it was damn hard to find. Okay. Uh, but... But yeah, so so as you as you read through this, I mean, it's it's another one of those like general surveys mm. that don't give enough like um, demographic data to really drill down. But what are your thoughts? Um, I think the survey it comes at a, a interesting time also, lot right? Uh. where the when you talk about global uncertainty, I think the biggest thing is is basically where does Singapore sit, you know, in the in the, the big fight between the superpowers, right? Mm. US and China, you know? Mm. And I think in recent months or years, we've actually been talking about this more and more, right? The yeah. influence of China on Singapore and, uh, and the fact of what, you know, the domestic politics in the US being a, a real, not say distraction, but it's taking over the, the, the it's taking over, I mean, it's taking over the discourse in America. Like, I think there's less focus on international issues and the US the, the place of the US in international issues mm. so I think this survey kind of does show that uh, I think Singaporeans are waking up to the idea right mm. that we have to um, we kind of got to find our own space in the world because uh. some of the I, th I think some of the results were were quite um, uh, quite clearly tell you that like more the fact that more than 80% know that you know social and political unrest in our neighboring countries will impact Singapore mm. And and uh and only but only fifty percent agree that if Singapore is attacked, that the international community will come to its aid. Uh. Mm. That tells you that you know not uh, one in two people actually think that hey you know they where won't, uh. yeah the people won't come to help us. 
Mm. And then we kind of got to look. But but the we know that whatever happens around us will impact us. Mm. But if we are attacked, we might not get help. Mm. Yeah. So just those two points together kind of makes me realize that, hey, I think Singaporeans are, are really starting to feel that already. Uh, that aspect, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, like... Um, on that also, another like 54% mm. agree that Singapore being open and inclusive makes us vulnerable. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, and like 36% agree that Singapore is too small to compete in the world. Mm. So what surprised me about the findings is that it feels like we're quite pessimistic. No? Basically, mm. one mm. in two people mm. think that if you attack, international community won't help us. Yep. More than one in two people think that by Singapore being open, it's making us vulnerable versus like closing off, off yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like one in three people think that we're too small to compete mm. Mm. Uh, yeah so so I don't know man like reading that I'm like eh hey, well, like, I think Singapore can compete we're, we're small as fuck but mm. I think we can compete yep uh, I I would like to think that if we attack the international community will step in mm. am I just too naive no, but but at the same time, like you know, this the the statement of Singapore being an open, inclusive country makes it vulnerable, right? Maybe I think yourself and also the researcher who was interpreting these findings was saying that uh, being open and inclusive is a strength. It is what will make us adaptable. So he's he's countering what people are believing here, lah. Uh, but I think. Um, well, the the thing about the survey is that when you when you when you ask someone ask you do you think Singapore being open and inclusive makes it vulnerable? I don't think people are necessarily saying that being open and inclusive is bad, mm. right? It's kind of saying that because we are so open and inclusive, maybe that's why uh, new ideas and and people will, will come in and and all that. But so so we are porous in that way, in that we allow people to come and have ideas. But it doesn't necessarily mean that. We 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 are weak, you know, if, mm. if challenged by different kinds of ideas and all that, right? Mm. It's like love, la. That in what way? Like um, you fall in love or you have love because you're open and vulnerable. Yeah, right. Yeah, but exactly. you also open your heart. Yeah. People can screw you. You over, can get screwed over. La. But otherwise, you stay guarded oh, yeah, your whole life. Guarded, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, ah, so I, I love. Yeah, so you can read it as a very pers- pessimistic result, but I also can see it as a. It's just a very practical understanding of what it means to be open, open to the world, right? Mm. We need it, and that's how we succeed. But it's also why we also like we have to be very careful, right? Mm. Yeah, and so. I mean, I guess it, you you also don't want to be overly optimistic for any one of these, right? Yeah, the yeah. way you think, like, oh, if Singapore gets attacked, of course the international community will come and uh, help us. You never know. Mm. Mm. You never know. Yeah, because in some say in some way, like what you said, I mean. Right now, I think for the longest time, we have been kind of like, okay, we don't overly favor Singapore, uh, US or China. Yeah. We're kind of like balancing this ground. Uh, like, like I can imagine countries wanting to help another country. There's also this thought, lah. Mm-hmm. who is this country allies with? Mm. If I help, am I ally of that country? Yeah. So it's not as simple as that. Lah. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'd be, mm. it'd be, if they asked, if they just, uh, you know, ask the opposite, lah, like, we, do you agree that Singapore should close off our, or be less inclusive so that we 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 are more cohesive that way? Mm. If people, a lot of people say yes to that, then I'm like, okay, lah, there's, there's something there about Singaporeans being a bit uh, closed off to mm. the world. Uh. Oh, so you're saying this one is like, yeah, it does make you vulnerable, but it's still overall people would yeah. say, yeah, if it's, it, if it's yeah. closed off or open, 
open up, yeah. more people will want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like love. La. It's like love, yeah. I'm glad it's you like brought that example because it's true. You it's can't, you can't find love unless you make yourself vulnerable, la, right? Mm, you know? mm. If not, you just close off and you just be have very uh, two-dimensional relationships all the time. Mm, you can't find love. Yeah. Maybe there's some people listening who are like, hey, I found love, <laughs> but I, I don't need to be that vulnerable. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, right. yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing about surveys, la, right? Sometimes you, you don't, it's not 100% that the, that the questions people, they are asked, that people will understand the questions entirely, la, right? Yeah. But just, I mean, then it goes back to the context of this this survey. I mean, Kandar, uh, Kantar Public, uh, I think, yeah, they're, they're not a local company. They're doing this. Mm. I mean, they want to establish thought leadership. And all, but I was just curious. I know that one person shared uh, more about YouGov uh, in a previous message that we mentioned on, on the podcast and gave context about how they do their studies. Mm. But yeah, Kantar, Kantar Public, interesting. Uh, like, like these kind of things, whether they're commissioned or not, I always find it curious. Because, yeah. I mean, they had like 90 questions. Some other, th- some other highlights was like... Um, about the ability to speak conversational English, mm. uh, 48%, so like almost one in two said it's either very important or extremely important for new migrants to be able to do so. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, goes both ways. Uh, apparently, 94% support national service. Mm. Yeah. Uh, which also felt a bit higher than I would imagine. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, 85% strongly agreed or agreed that being Singapore citizen is an important part of who they are. Yeah, but again, like even the national service statistic, right? Like agreeing that it is necessary for the defense of Singapore. But the nuance is lost there, right? Mm. Like you can agree that, yes, we need national service, but how national service, you yeah. know, the duration or whatever, I think that's still, can, people can still debate a lot about correct, that. Correct, correct, right? correct. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very blunt instrument, uh, this, this service. And sometimes. they did say that in-depth results will be isolated in for release in the first quarter of 2024. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so these are just high-level, high-level studies. Yeah. Huh, interesting. Uh. Yeah. But how do you perceive, what do you think about Singapore's perspective amid the global uncertainty? Well, what is your f- take on it? I mean, based on this survey, I would still say it's a bit more pessimistic than I thought, but... Mm. After thinking about it and looking back, I can understand. Because if you ask me, am I more optimistic or more pessimistic? I'm not overly optimistic. Yeah, yeah. You're uh, generally a half, half, class, uh, half empty glass kind of guy, right? Yeah. I thought I'm more of a half full. Is it? I thought you're you a glass half empty kind of guy. I would say I can be both, but I would say, uh. like, I would think like I'm a more half full one, right? You are the half empty one, lah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm the one that, like, I'm hey, analyzing hey. the glass all the nonsense, time. Nonsense, yeah, yeah, yeah. nonsense. There's so yeah, many yeah, times yeah. when I'm excited about some idea and I tell you, the first thing you tell me too is, full, like, too full. No, no, the first thing you tell me, Harish, I don't think, I don't think that will work. No, then I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay, Darren. <laughs> Basket, call me half empty. I'm half full, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't mean it as a, a it's not an insult. La. No, but you're, so you're saying I'm half full or half, or you're just pulling my yeah, leg? You just said you're pessimistic. Right? So I'm, just, I'm just pointing out. Like, yeah. I would say, I would say like less optimistic. Uh, if you ask me, am I on the pessimistic side or optimistic side? I'm still on the optimistic side. Yeah. But maybe yeah. a few years ago, I'll be like, yeah, fuck yeah, man. But now I'm like a bit more chill. Uh, a bit more realist. Uh, yeah, realist you? About you? It, uh, no, I mean, I, I look at this data and... Uh, uh, it's it's interesting like, because we're such a small country and I agree that yeah, like, we get influenced from much bigger countries and cultures very mm. easily, very quickly. Mm. Like, you know, new culture, new new things or new gadgets, everything. They, they just flood a market. Like, look yeah. at how K-pop has basically... I mean, not just in Singapore, but Singapore is a really good test bit, like, right? Yeah, like, uh-huh. How K-pop is literally being played on now. What, what used to be known as our English radio stations... Mm. 
now la. So uh yeah, it's it's I think it's important to kind of know okay, at least you know, at least the people in the survey are cognizant of like how precarious mm. our position in the world is also. La. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true, la. that's true. Mm. Like it's not not all roses and, and hugs yeah. around the world, la. which is which is which is a good perspective. La. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is a good perspective. Which I think to yeah, la, the government has been trying to to teach or at least tell people in, in more recent years, like right? Mm-hmm. That uh yeah, it's not all it's not all a bit of roses outside of Singapore. So yeah. you can look outside, but just also try and uh, appreciate what, what we have here as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is something that I think that, uh, yeah, when you lived and studied overseas and all, you you sort of get that feel as well, right? Mm-hmm. It's not all a bit of roses out there. Yeah. Like, or yeah. you spend any ex- any extended time in a different country, you realize, oh shit, Singapore has its issues, but every country has its issues. Yeah. There's no country that's perfect. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like, no no country is is free from any shit that could happen. Uh. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just look at it, like Kiev like, in Ukraine. Yeah. Two years ago, it was like, like, you could think of it as a tourist destination. Yeah. But now it's totally, <laughs> totally True. the opposite. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, bombs can pop up in Singapore. Yeah. So, and all that, yeah. Unexpected. World War relics, Terence. World War relics. World it's War relics. Bombs. World War relics. But yeah, uh, that's our like like slightly more pessimistic uh, news this week. Mm. But uh, what is your one shock comment? My my one shock. Oh, one shock comment. Shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say one shock thing. Okay. Uh, Wait, if I can yeah. go first, yeah, yes, I can yes. go first. Please do. Uh, I think uh, there were a bunch of in- uh, interesting comments recently about our last podcast about the Japanese tourists calling the police over the overpriced crab dish. Mm. Uh, and I'm quite, quite, yeah, quite surprised and, and that, that a lot of people are also, uh, you know, they're against what the restaurant is doing, like, practicing tourist trap tactics. So a lot of our commenters were saying that, yeah, like, they, like, accidental, accidental jurist, jurists were saying that uh, even if what Paradise Group said was true, I'm not sure we can say that they did anything wrong per se, but you can also sympathize with Japanese tourists who were, who were confronted with the sticker shock when the bill came. La. And uh, yeah, so people, I'm glad people are uh, looking at this and, and sort of seeing that, yeah, it's not just a matter of the tourists trying to get away with a free meal or so, la, but sometimes structurally, there's some, you know, something in, our, in the way that prices are presented on menus in the F&B industry. Uh, and all that. So, so yeah, that was just one comment and a b- bunch of others or so that you're going to delve into more conspiracy theories about about how how the authorities don't care about these kind of things happening and all. But, you know, like interesting what, read. Huh? Like what? Um, just saying that, you know, authorities know that this is happening but don't care because they get a cut from from these restaurants in terms of taxes and all that. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, like, this cons- he, he does preface it saying that it is a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Like. But uh, yeah, interesting to to see uh, people's perspectives on this, and I'm glad it's not about uh, oh, you know, because they are different culture and, and all that. That's why it's 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 so horrible. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. My my one shock uh comment. Um, I mean, it, it's also based on the comments on YouTube. Mm. Uh, like like no specific comment, but more about how there was so many comments about the crap. Mm, uh, mm, similar mm. to Reddit. And I know before we were talking about that topic or not, it was, uh, I myself was like, oh, we, would people care? Mm. In fact, we were not so sure whether that would be kind of like a topic to discuss at all. But uh, yeah, like a lot of people seem to care a lot. Mm. I think maybe it's because like, um, 
like even one comment said, uh, I think the price for seafood in particular crabs and also fruits like durian needs to be regulate, regulated and monitored. <laughs> uh, Singapore's tourism reputation already tainted by all these overpriced and misleading labels. Mm. Uh, these Japanese tourists are not the first tourists to be complaining. So, yeah. I just found it funny like they are calling for regulation of seafood and durian. Yeah. I think I also read one interesting point that people are saying is that um, honestly, if the tourists wanted to try chili crab or you know whatever other types of crab right the mm. Singaporean style mm. would you cook Alaskan king crab in that style oh, yeah, for them yeah, right yeah, correct, correct. so also you also ask the restaurant that like why would you recommend Alaskan king crab for that kind of that kind of uh, dish because that's not the that's not the way to cook it. that's not the traditional way to cook it traditional it's just like like steam I think you use like mud crab yeah mud crabs you know oh, yeah, the, yeah, the, it's the, the type of crab you use yeah, that, right yeah, correct, to really correct. soak up the, the the flavor and everything so why would you be pushing them to towards the Alaskan king crab for a dish that never traditionally cooked with Alaskan mm. king crab? So that's also something it makes you think about the intent of the restaurant as well, right? That is true, la. That's yeah. true. That is true. Yeah, yeah. So so I mean, even after recording that, I was just thinking about it. I think yesterday or today. Yeah, it does feel like, uh, is is one of those cases where can you are you doing all you can to mm. make sure that the customer gets the best experience possible yeah. and in this case yeah like, I don't think the restaurant does like no yeah mm, 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 mm. but so, yeah. yeah cool and uh, what is your one shook thing uh, my one shook thing is I can't remember if this has been my one shook thing before but it's mm. an Instagram account that I came across a few years ago that I recently just Instagram fed it back to me uh, it's called mbg underscore core and what they do, they don't post very often, but they do CGI. Okay. Uh, that is very lifelike, but also very irreverent. La. So now they had like three or four posts called like Ultimate Parkour. Mm. And it looks like an actual video clip, but it's very, very expertly animated. La. And they just showed a, I think they specialize in like human movements and acrobatics. Mm. Uh, with a touch of like comedy and, and cheekiness la. but with, with CGI CGI, yeah. CGI. the whole oh. thing is CGI and it looks damn dope and they have a few videos that show the breakdown on how they do it uh, they show like Superman getting like slammed in the nuts they show Sadako coming out of a well and doing a TikTok dance <laughs> and it's all very well animated mm. so so yeah I saw I, they, I got served the video again and I started re-watching their content and oh my god it's cool mm. it's so cool man interesting yeah. What's the name of it again? Sorry. Uh, MBG underscore core. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, my one shock thing is just a series of uh, old videos that somehow were fed to me while I was on holiday mm. uh, on YouTube. It's a Heaven's Gate cult members recording their farewell messages from like oh 20 years God. ago. I don't even remember the Heaven's Gate, like the suicide. Japanese, right? No, 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 no. Oh. The Americans who, uh, American cult that uh, believed that they were tr- about to ascend into a next level of uh, of civilization oh. uh, and that they had to shed their vehicles on earth in order to do so. And the leader of the cult he claimed to be, you know, the, the next coming of Christ and everything. Mm. And so, yeah, he convinced, I think, like 37 other people uh, to take their lives together with him. But uh, they, apparently, yeah, I mean, I think last year there was a, a documentary about it because I think it's the 20th anniversary or something like that mm. of that incident. But um, yeah, these they they actually recorded farewell messages. Uh, every cult member actually sat down, and recorded farewell messages, saying how happy they were to to move on to the afterlife and all that. Not to move on afterlife, sorry, move on to the next level of civilization. So there are these archival records of these videos on the on YouTube, 
where you can watch and literally see some of these people, how they've been almost like brainwashed into believing uh, oh believing that God. what they were doing is right and us and almost like being pressured into feeling happy about basically taking their lives up. So it's very it's a very eerie, scary watch where yeah, some of them are like the guy there's a guy who looks like a teenager, you know. Why were you watching this on your holiday? I don't know. It got fed to me no, on the fucks, algorithm yeah. and then I, I just found it a wormhole watching the videos of them just talking about what they learned and then after that watching the cult leader talking about, you know, him being the next coming of, of God and everything. Oh my it's, god! It's so eerie to watch it without, like you know, the trappings of a documentary presenter. And it just watch uh, the videos alone. It's it's just yeah eerie because it's just so yeah it's just so innocent. They're just sitting there in the middle of greenery in this very beautiful environment, and literally the world just singing around them, saying, "This is this is what life is. Please enjoy it." And they're like talking about, oh, "I'm so happy to be yeah moving on from this from this vehicle to the next." To the oh next my world. god! But yeah, that's a. Uh, Okay, I mean, it's not one shoot thing. Yeah, Terrence, what the hell, man? It's just something that my a wormhole I fell into when I was away. Oh yeah. my God. If you're going on holiday and you're listening to this, just do, just maybe keep this one shot <laughs> thing because I'm like looking at one video on YouTube now and like, oh my God, this looks, this looks, yeah, uh, yeah dark. Yeah. That's why, that's why you're a glass half empty guy. La. I, I'm looking at watching this and seeing it as a one shot thing but you were like oh my god it's so dark I'm telling people to have a good time on your holiday <laughs> because this kind of shit is dark but for you you're like no 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 it brings you back what grounds uh, you is it yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my god yeah wow. but yeah it's a one shot thing cool man cool alright uh, thanks everyone for listening and remember if you enjoyed this podcast wherever you're watching or listening just hit the subscribe button or follow us on Spotify it'll help grow the channel uh, and if you want to work with us, what, where should they email, Terrence? Contact at ministryoffunny.com. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. And uh, the survey. Fill up the uh, survey. Uh, yes, and the survey too. Cool. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody.